Welcome to the Sex, Self, and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, but you can call me Tima. This is a lifestyle podcast focused on sex, self, and relationships. This podcast will provide sex education, focusing especially on female pleasure. We will discuss self-development and how we can become the best versions of ourselves, all while exploring our relationships and how we can show up as our best for all of them. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is on how to protect yourself from emotional vampires. An emotional vampire is someone who uses emotionally manipulative behavior to drain joy, positivity, and confidence out of others. For today's episode, I'm going to go over five types of emotional vampires. These are not the only types of emotional vampires, but they're the popular types. Then I'm also going to give you five tips on how to protect yourself from emotional vampires because god damn it we need it they are draining the first type of emotional vampire is the selfish ones the selfish type of emotional vampires demand a lot of attention and admiration but rarely return the favor they want it to be all about them all the time they lack empathy and are incapable of identifying the needs and feelings of others so you can be sitting next to them pissed off angry, embarrassed, they're unaware because they're in their own head. They're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about how they feel and just are completely unaware of other people's feelings and needs. They're often envious of other people's growth and accomplishments, especially when it's not benefiting them. Everything is about them. It's always about them. So when other people are happy or they're accomplishing things that they're not, Their lack of empathy makes it really difficult for them to share that happiness with others if it's not about them. To them, their growth and their happiness supersedes everybody else's. And when it's not about their growth and their happiness, they're unhappy. These people often leave you feeling unsupported and drained from always having to emotionally give and not receive. They are a lot. The next type of emotional vampire is the complainers. Oh my gosh, the complainers. I cannot stand the complainers. This is actually one of my biggest pet peeves. I always knew I was irritated by it, but I didn't realize how much it irritated me. And I feel like I'm finally at the age where I have absolutely zero tolerance for chronic complainers. Like, I get it. Sometimes you have a bad day and you just want to vent. That's cool. But if your whole identity is to complain, if you have a habit of just regularly complaining, it's a no for me, bro. The complainers are always glass half empty. They're constantly venting about their problems at every opportunity they get. They've trained their brain to seek out the negative and everything. That's just a habit they've created. They're always the first to identify why things won't work, but rarely suggest or accept solutions. There's no helping these people. There's no trying to lead them to the right place. There's no trying to help them with their complaints. Because you notice that the more you try to help them, the more problems they have. They're never content. It's almost like they enjoy being unhappy and sharing that unhappiness with people around them. Complainers are absolutely draining and will suck the life right out of you. They share the negativity of the world with you 
And even if you're a positive thinker, even if you like to see the best in things, even if you're working to be solution-driven, complainers will drag you down and suck you into their negative hole. Be wary of complainers. They can't help it. The next type of emotional vampire is the overtalkers. Ooh, the overtalkers. The overtalkers often dominate the conversation by constantly talking about themselves and their experiences, and they give no room for other people's input. They provide you with information you didn't ask for, they dump everything in their head on you, and rarely think to ask you about yourself in return. They don't really care about your interests. They don't really care about your opinions. It's almost like a lecture. They talk at you, give you all their information, and that's it. You often leave conversations with these people feeling like you're their therapist, like you were hired to hear them dump their thoughts on you, and you don't get the sense that they care about your opinions or they care about getting to know you. Their main goal is for you to know about them. And that's no way to build a functional relationship. The next emotional vampire is the argument trappers. Oh my gosh. Okay, I lied. The complainers are not my least favorite. The argument trappers are the worst. The argument trappers literally are the worst. These are the Twitter soldiers. These are the people that just love to fight. The argument trappers love to swindle people into a toxic debate. Debates are great. I'm not against debates. If you are able to be open-minded and respect other people's opinions, you can have a very functional debate. You can have a debate that brings you closer to people. But the argument trappers don't debate that way because they're not open-minded to other people's opinions. They want you to believe what they believe. They're only open to their opinions. Their goal in the argument is to change your opinion and change your mind. Argument trappers will argue with you and use every tactic in the book, every toxic tactic in the book, to change your mind and make you agree to what they believe. These people will make you feel constantly on edge to express your true feelings because you're scared to disagree with them. Because you know if you disagree with them, you're never going to end the argument. You guys are going to fight and not come to a resolution. And you'll feel like you did something wrong. Oftentimes, you leave disagreements with argument trappers feeling completely drained. Because it never comes to a resolution. You don't feel closest to them. Because the only way you can feel closest to them or the only way you can come to a resolution and be on the same page with them is if you agree with them. They're not open to any other opinions outside of their own. The last type of emotional vampire that I have for today is the insecure ones. Look, we all struggle with insecurities. Trust me, I have my days. Honestly, it could be every day sometimes. We all have the negative voice in us, some more than others, that really triggers our insecurities and our sense of not being worthy. I get that. But it is not other people's job to make us feel whole. It is not other people's job to make us feel secure. It's ours. The insecure emotional vampires 
often make other people responsible for making them feel more secure. They are constantly seeking reassurance from others to make them feel better. They may do this by constantly putting themselves down in front of others so other people can say, oh no, that's not true. You're amazing. You're good. No, you're not fat. No, you're not skinny. No, you're not ugly. No, you're not whatever. They want to hear other people disagree with their negative opinions of themselves. So that way they can feel better about themselves. These people are very draining because you're constantly having to pour into their cup instead of them doing it for themselves. Another way insecure emotional vampires act is they constantly put other people down. They talk shit about other people. They are negative about other people. They love to gossip about other people because that makes them feel better about themselves. When they talk about other people's shit, when they talk about how other people aren't good enough, they use that as a way to feel better about their insecurities. All right, so now that we know some of the types of emotional vampires, let's get into protecting ourselves from emotional vampires. Number one, don't ignore the signs. First and foremost, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Don't let them give you many, many, many opportunities to keep convincing you of who they are. It may be easy to miss the signs of emotional vampires if you grew up with other emotional vampires, so you might just think that that's normal behavior. But now you know better. Now you know the signs of emotional vampires. You know that it's not normal. You know that you don't like it for a reason. So don't ignore the signs when you do see them pop up, even if it's popping up from everybody around you. It just means you need to find a new circle. Number two, communicate. Look, none of us is perfect. Some of us have off days. Sometimes we're just unaware of our toxic traits. Our toxic traits might have been helping us survive in our families forever. So if we don't know it's something wrong, if we don't know that it's unnecessary now, we might keep doing it. So sometimes it takes someone communicating with you that, you know what, I don't like that every time we have a conversation, I don't really get to talk about myself. You don't really show interest in me. You don't ask about me. It seems very one-sided. Or I don't like that when something positive happens for me, you don't show excitement for me or you don't know how to empathize with me. Sometimes it might take having those hard conversations with someone for them to acknowledge where they've messed up. It might not, but there's still a possibility. That's always the first step when trying to change the relationship dynamic. You have to communicate your needs with them. Listen, I see that you do this. I don't like it. I see that you love to come to me to vent all the time, but sometimes I'm not in the space for it. And sometimes I just don't want to be that friend for you that you only come to vent to. I want to talk about other things. I want to talk about things that interest me as well. You have to have that communication. It might take four or five times, but try it. Do it. Have the conversation. Repeat the conversation. Pay attention to their actions after the conversation has been had. Are they trying to change? Do you see them making any consistent effort to change? If you're not seeing that, it may never change. 
Some people you can have the conversation with them multiple times, but they're so stuck in their ways that they're not really open to change. So if you have had the conversation many times and you still don't see any signs of change in actions, then we got to go to step three, which is cut them off. You got to cut them off or distance yourself. I understand that in some cases you can't just cut people off. They might just be stuck to you like glue. Maybe you have children with them. Maybe they're your family. Whatever it is, either distance yourself or set boundaries. The bigger the distance, the better. The quality of the people you have in your life contributes to your long-term health and growth. It doesn't matter how much you love someone or the potential for growth they have. It will never make them love you the way you deserve to be loved. I always think of this quote that Michelle Obama said in one of her interviews for her book. She's lost a lot of friends. Like She has a solid crew of friends that she calls her kitchen table friends or something like that. She has her core friends that pour into her life and she's able to pour back into them. But she also talks about losing many friends along the way. She described that as them losing oxygen. Sometimes you're climbing so high, people lose oxygen along the way. They can't climb as high as you. And that's okay. They can't climb to where you're supposed to go. Because you guys have different journeys, but you got to let them go. You can't grab them and try to like climb with them. Because you're going to lose oxygen as well. You got to let people go. You got to distance yourself from people when they are sucking the energy out of you. And again, if you can't distance yourself, determine the boundaries you need to set and set those boundaries. And work on courageously choosing yourself enough to enforce the boundaries every time the person steps out of it. Because people will try you. You will set boundaries And it won't just be like, okay, I set the boundaries, we're done. They're going to try you. They're going to keep trying you. They're going to keep trying you. And you got to keep reinforcing the boundaries and setting different consequences and following through with your consequences. You got to let them know you're for real. Set the boundaries and stick to it. And setting boundaries, especially with people you love, can be very challenging because you want to go back to the comfort zone where you ignore it or... You don't choose yourself or you don't stand up for yourself. But the more you stand up for yourself and the more you set those boundaries, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets for them as well. Because now they get used to like, okay, Fatima's about to start her shit. Let me just treat her the way she wants to be treated because I'm not trying to hear that shit today. You got to let people know you a little crazy and that's okay. Period. Number four, listen to your body. Pay attention to the physical reaction you are having to people. It's so important to be aware of the feelings you are experiencing in your body when you're around certain people. Honestly, when you are around everyone. Some people might make you feel relaxed. Some people might make you feel happy. Some people might make you feel anxious. Some people might make you feel drained. Pay attention to that. Sometimes you may not be able to identify or justify why you feel off about someone. You ever like meet someone and you're just like, you know what? I don't really vibe with her. Like, I don't like being around this person. It's okay to not know why. You don't need to find out why. You don't need to enter the relationship or invest in the relationship to determine why for you to leave. Trust your body. Trust the way you're feeling. Give yourself permission to not have the answers and trust your instincts. 
If you're left feeling depressed, drained, anxious, or sad regularly after seeing someone or being around them, that might be your body's way of letting you know they don't belong in your life. Listen to that. The last tip for today on protecting yourself from emotional vampires is stop people pleasing. People pleasers and fixers are magnet to emotional vampires, okay? We are magnet to these folks. If you prioritize the need to people please and fix other people's problems over yourself, you will continue to attract relationships with people who will take advantage of that. Emotional vampires could smell it. They could sense it that you love to people please. They could sense that you love to fix people. So they're going to come to you. They're going to swarm your ass and drain you of every energy you have. Okay? So you have to do your part. You can't just say, well, this person is an emotional vampire. Reflect on how you participated. Stop people pleasing. Set boundaries. It's not your job to fix other people. It's not your job to make other people feel better about themselves. It's not your job to manage anybody's emotions. Focus on you. That way you can repel the emotional vampires. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. I hope today's episode gives you some clarity on types of emotional vampire, and it also helps you protect yourself from them. Thank you again. See you later. Bye. Please like, share, and most importantly, leave reviews to help the podcast grow. For more information on the resources used in this episode, please refer to the links in the bio. Thank mm-hmm. you.